0: Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglash for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Um the US elections provide an interesting test case for hashed email identifiers. Anybody know what that is? Raise your hand. Hit like and, and share. Hashed email identifiers are taking your email as the core identifier. Now that cookies, especially third party cookies, are getting blocked. That doesn't mean all cookies are blocked. Okay? So the, the you know, if you have a login, let's say for YouTube or something. I think YouTube sends, I mean, a lot of websites, I don't know about YouTube, but a lot of websites you notice you just get on. You go to it and it logs you in. How? Well, some of it is they have a first-party cookie that's on your machine that remembers you, essentially. You remember it. It remembers you. It's on your computer. You don't have to touch anything. It makes it all very interesting. All very seamless and easy. Okay, hashtag emails. So, what they're saying is, is that 90% of Obama's fundraising was, was, uh, email, okay, 90%, which was a number I didn't know, but 50% of the 15 billion that expect, they expect to be spent on, uh, the campaigns across the country this fall will be on local TV half, I'm sorry, half of the 15 billion. I don't know where the other part goes, hopefully direct mail, but, um, what they're saying is is that is that is that hashed what a hashed hashed anything is a, a like an encrypted um, version of it. So you won't necessarily see it, but they might hash your email into uh, a QR code or something else so that you can hit a landing page for fundraising. They'll know it's like a tracking code. Uh, it's like a cookie. Um, and it's an alternative because, you know, you probably use your real email for your cable TV sub- uh, um, subscription, or maybe your your electricity, maybe you, bill, you pay online, so you use your real email, maybe your bank account, <laughs> maybe darn near everything <laughs> is tied to that. And uh, those things may also be tied to a physical address. You may be able, that may be trackable to your email, although I have tried... Um, I have tried getting physical addresses when I had, like on LinkedIn, we have, you know, everybody gives an email, whether it's a, a good one or a bad one. I've taken those and sent them out to try to match them, and I only got no, not even 10%. So it's not a very productive. It hasn't been a per, very productive methodology for me. I keep getting red squares on the, on the, uh, on my sending. So I think LinkedIn isn't so happy with that it looks like it's paused again for me I'll hit refresh anyway we'll just keep going um, but as the as you know I'm getting 15 20 30 emails a day on uh, political fundraising efforts I I don't know that I open any of them except by accident I don't read any of them um, they're saying as those tail off you can use hashed email uh, to use CTV instead and to move that in hey Ruth. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on uh, informed delivery <laughs> and what your clients think of it. You know I actually went back to my dashboard and looked and yes American Family had a color link to my account which I've never done online maintenance of so it didn't do me any good. It just, I just ended there but it was interesting and that's the first time I think I've seen a live link in a an in informed delivery even though it didn't do me any good. Um, uh, the point of this article is email is your, essentially your digital passport. It's a way of accessing so many digital platforms and services. So therefore, it's becoming a de facto uh, identity address. Now, I argue that the physical address is much more permanent, much more, much more real. real and uh, with physical mail, you get to a decision maker. You get a tactile. You get a tactile uh, engagement. You get a decision. And uh, although I'm contending also that informed delivery is actually undermining that, this I, this is kind of like a, a goldmine I ran across yesterday. Um, CX Knowledge Series Six Building Blocks from Subject Matter Experts. Um, this link uh, I will I will it's a, this link is a PDF. I'll send you this PDF if you go to wdma.org wdma.org. You can subscribe to wdma.org. Just, just go in. You know, just hit subscribe or join, and it's free. And you just put in your email, and I'll send it back to you. And um, I don't think there's a comment section, but if you do it in the next day or two, I will send this off to you. I think that's going to be kind of our new de facto way of keeping in touch on the show. Um, so anyway, this article has links to, to Customer experience—a customer experience curriculum. Now, I've been—I've been invited by the University of Wisconsin, Platteville, to participate in their customer experience um, curriculum, and uh, I'm guessing it's about the measurement side. But I—and while I have a lot of experience in that area—I'm going to go down here and read this part and download this from the PDF. You see how my my cursor I don't know if you see that but my cursor hits uh, changes to a finger if you click on it with oops if you click on it with the finger lit without the without the click on this one it asks you if you want to open that okay and so if you say yes then you go to the you get that other PDF so that this gives you a roadmap to all of the different uh, links and I'm going to delete that highlight so it, it works now it'll work um, but I'm going to definitely go through this course. There are videos. There's a, there's a, a course outline. There's even example uh, questions on the exam if you were taking the course. I'm not, but I'm um, auditing it, let's say. And so there's just a huge wealth of experience. So I encourage you to subscribe to the WDMA. If you're already subscribed, just send me an email, john at wdma.org, and we'll make sure you get that. We get that link. It's really, really well done. In fact, um, I can actually show you. I did, I did queue up a little bit of it. Here's the exam study group series, and it talks about the professor, and it has cool diagrams. Look at that, cool outline, more cool diagrams. Really, really tight and solid. It's like the, the PowerPoint slides, but then there's also videos and things that accompany that with the links involved. And so, um, like I said, I'll send you the roadmap to that if you go over to WDMA. Okay, last, this was an interesting one in the hustle. Companies are talking about total addressable markets. And like when Google, or when Uber rather started, they claimed that the ride-sharing industry is a 5.7 trillion opportunity. And that Virgin Galactic, Virgin Atlantic Space, or Virgin version space exploration uh, space exploration thing uh, is supposed to be a 1.5 trillion it's always great to lay that out and to see what the total upside potential is I was in the cement industry and we told investors or prospective investors that the cement industry was I don't remember what it was it's the number one. Man-made material in the in in the world, and uh, that we had a new way to make recycled cement it did actually work, um, but the the founder, the owner of everything, didn't want to sell any stock really. Um, so this idea is is solid. Now, what I wanted to show you was this is a uh, this is one of the DMDPs direct mail developmental uh, profile that we did with the USPS. And I think it was Al- Elena. Yeah, Elena Neely. I told Elena yesterday. I mentioned her on the show. She, Elena's still around. You can still talk to her at the USPS. And um, this, anyway, the, the back half of it, the back half of it was all mailing lists. Mailing list suggestions for targeting tourist attraction prospects and what we did was we built a potential universe. Now the advantage of this, I don't know if you can see any of it, there you go, I get it out of the lights, the advantage of this was it gave clear circulation, it gave the list names, it gave, uh, divided it into target markets, and we used to do that for every potential prospective mailer, show them what kind of lists were available, and oftentimes it was tens of millions of names were available. You know where they were picking up the scraps on SEO. This was something that could really drive millions of of views, engagements, low bounce rate, and real sales. And uh, now, now, not everybody did that. And you know, it's 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 a concept that I was going to write in all the clients that I'd done it with, but. When I first started in the list industry, they just said, well, try these six lists and let me know how they do, which is a very, very unproductive way to do that. Um, but, you know, gradually, that was from Jerry Craft, who's retired now. But Jerry, I taught Jerry to just go get me everything you can think of, and we'll organize it, and we'll test within each market, which gives us a better fundamental way of exploring this. And so what, what I think about when I think about... Um, total addressable markets is literally where could I how could I get in touch individually with offers that were tailored to particular markets how can and what I define a market as very simply it's a group of people you can tell the same story to you know I've never believed in one-to-one marketing exactly because nobody's ever been able to do it to me you know I mean other than your library book is past due kind of stuff you know stuff that's actually about me but besides that you know the the idea of, of making an offer that somehow you know enough about me to make it personalized to just me and even if you could what are you gonna say with a second offer you know people are people. birds of a feather flock together so what we would do is define the markets define the potential and it gives us a feel for the The upside potential. I can say, as I think the hustle agrees, the idea that you say, well, if it's a trillion-dollar market and we just get one percent of it, you know, that's ten million in sales instantly, or something. I think that's right. It's a trillion-dollar market, might be ten billion in sales, yeah, or something. I mean, it's the numbers are 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 hilarious. We can be a billion-dollar company if we get one percent of a trillion-dollar market. Yeah, okay, that's great, Uh, but it doesn't work. No, a trillion is a thousand billion, so. 1% One percent of a trillion is ten billion, so that's a big number. But uh, it doesn't work that way. You know, the biggest guy gets half of it. The second biggest guy gets half of that. The third guy, biggest guy gets half of that. And if you're not in the top five, you know, you're not going to get. You may not get anything. That's the way it works. That's the way the real world works. The Pareto principle. It works across the universe, with the size of stars, the size of galaxies, the size of people, almost everything. It's never been false in my experience, ever anywhere. So don't focus on equity of outcome, focus on equity of opportunity. And the first thing you want to do when you start thinking about getting into a market or changing market channels, exploring new market channels, is think about how can we use this channel to reach people we aren't able to reach in another way. That's what the hashtag email was saying. You know, As email tapers out, as we get closer to the election, maybe you want to switch. Maybe you want to switch to TV. But I think we also need to be cognizant of the fact that political advertising gets annoying. And I think sometimes the company that has the most spending potential also annoys people into not voting. That's what I think happened in 2016. We'll see what happens this year. Have a great day. Like and share. Subscribe to the WDMA. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye. Thanks for the heart.